Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. We're back. Uh, we're not talking about Sonic this week. Was it last week that I tricked you? I think it was last week. And, and, so you say we're not talking about Sonic, and yet somehow it ends up in every freaking show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm getting ahead of all the 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 people who want to hear about Sonic and just so they, they know like, okay, they know that no not in this episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not in this episode, Ryan or the next episode next week. We'll, it'll be clean as well. I won't even have to mention it. We'll just get ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. No, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's great to be back. It feels like I can't believe it's already been a week, but here we are. Um, how did you put it pre-show? I, I can't believe it's Wednesday, but I can't believe it's Wednesday was, was how you were throwing it. <laughs> Exactly. I, was, I can't believe it's already Wednesday, but also it's only Wednesday. Oh, that, that, that. <laughs> yes, that works too. I, I, yep. I, I think yours <laughs> makes a little more sense, but yeah, no, for sure. It is Wednesday and uh, we've got some video games to talk about, but first we're going to talk about a video game movie that is not Sonic. I'm excited to talk about this because you're like the gamers and zombie expert. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and normally I'm kind of meh on zombie content. Like some of it I like, some of it I don't. And when I don't, I kind of really don't. So I haven't played a whole lot of Resident Evil because they're also very, very, very scary games <laughs> with, I think, probably the exception of eight. Um, eight didn't look quite as scary as like even seven. Seven was, yeah, I, I still even just little clips and stuff when people are like promoting that they're playing it on Twitch or whatever. I'm like, nope, nope. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm I'm not as familiar with the Resident Evil video game franchise as you are. So I want to know what you thought about Welcome to Raccoon City because I've become more interested in Resident Evil since their crossover with DVD. Because you're um, you can play as now I'm totally blanking um, Jill mm -hmm. and Leon. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Nemesis is is in as a killer. So when they brought that whole DLC in and they brought the new map in, um, the map is a recreation on like a DVD scale of um, the entire map of the police station. So it's um, which I think was Leon's a cop or are Leon and Jill both cops? Yeah, so uh, they are both cops. Jill is, uh, well, Leon's the rookie, at least at, at that stage. Right, because uh, there's like, there's a room that looks like kind of like a, a break room with like a banner that's half hanging from the ceiling that says like, welcome Leon or something like that. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, like it's a, it's a recreation of the entire, I think, second Resident Evil game, right? Yeah. Resident yeah. Evil 2 is the one that's set in the police station. Yeah, Resident Evil 2. They did like a it. room by room recreation for DVD. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, it, it, the the Dead by Daylight stuff that they did was very, very well done. Uh, they pulled the at least in the initial DLC. I think that you can you can buy additional DLC for your characters for other looks for uh, Jill and Leon. But yeah, they yeah. pull uh, the Resident Evil Three remake Jill and the Resident Evil Two remake Leon into the game. And uh, very much uh, that map is based on um, the uh, Raccoon Police Department. So yeah, they yes. they do a they do a very good job in Dead by Daylight of capturing Resident Evil. And I think 
if there's something that Capcom has done with their partners in the last year is to really look at faithfully capturing the early years of Resident Evil. And I think um, they do this here in, in Welcome to Raccoon City as well. And, and it's really worth noting that if you've seen the other Resident Evil films, which to me are not zombie films, they're action films that happen to yeah, have zombies. Yeah, those are the ones with Mila Jehovovich, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I've seen those. I've seen, I think I've seen all of those, actually. Oh, yeah, they are. The first one's really good. They're hit and miss. Yeah, I find some of them are really good, but the bad ones are really bad. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on the last two. I think uh, for Resident Evil, uh, so for those who don't know, I, I do a zombie podcast called Zombies Ate My Podcast. Um, we've I watched all the Resident Evil films, um, or at least the ones that I hadn't seen before. I can't remember. I think we did watch all of them. It was an extra life thing. Where if we raised a certain amount of money, I would I would go through and we would talk about every one on a, on a separate episode, not in the same episode. That would be that would be that would be fun. Too that much would be fun. very long. <laughs> yeah, also very long. Um, we we covered all of them, and yeah, they really go places at the end to to a point where it's like it's it gets farther and farther from what Resident Evil is. Like we were talking about this on Zamp when we were talking about Welcome to Raccoon City, which the episode we did was uh, Zamp Two Seventy, where we talked about this film. And the comparisons between the two is that the, the old Resident Evil series of movies, their connection to the games were always, hey, look, we got this character. So the first one was a story set in the Resident Evil world, but it had no connection outside of the Umbrella Corporation and the T-Virus and maybe a couple nods and gestures to some of the auxiliary characters in the games. Um, but then two was like, oh, and Jill's going to be in it. And uh, I think they also introduced uh, Nemesis as well in two. That was the big nod at the end of one was like, put him in the Nemesis project. It's like, oh my gosh. Turns out he <laughs> turns into a giant rubber monster with a rocket launcher. So like, that's how that works in the old movies. And going from there, they would continuously like drop characters in, you know, they, they put Chris in, they put Leon, uh, you know, Claire, all that stuff. And but it really wasn't telling the story of Resident of the Resident Evil games. It was sort of just borrowing elements mm -hmm. from the universe, right? Like because I was going to say, yeah. So um, Mila plays a character named Alice, right? Yeah, she's Alice. Yeah, and we don't know it. Like she doesn't tie in. There's no Alice in the Resident Evil video games, right? Like she's a totally original to the movies character. Exactly. Yeah, she's original to the movies. She's uh, an experiment um, that Umbrella has sort of uh, been working on. I I don't know if she's a clone. I think by the end they like they explain it like she's a she's a clone of someone's daughter who is infected with some had some sort of disease that was uncurable. So they I don't know it. It like I said they they really go down some rabbit holes in in that series, but. <laughs> They rebooted it. This is this is the nice part about Welcome to Raccoon City is that it is it is a reboot of the franchise, uh, focused on taking the stories and settings and characters from Resident Evil One and Two, and they they combine them together. So they take those two games and they kind of smash them together. So yes, there are some elements that get left on on the cutting room floor, like uh, some famous characters like Barry Burton. He's not there, but. You already got like a lot of the Raccoon Police Department and the Stars unit in the movie, so having another didn't really make sense. Um, 
but it does have that like small town vibe like raccoon city is supposed to be this like really small town so it kind of works in the sense that you only got like four or five of these these characters running around trying to figure out what's going on so in the movie they take one and two they smash it together you have uh chris and claire redfield in the same happening you know the story taking place at the same time that doesn't happen in the resident evil games probably until i don't know i think you don't even get to that point until six so they're already making these changes based on the games but like they do it so they can kind of have all these characters all in one go and it doesn't really feel like they are cutting corners in a sense like even though they are smashing games together to try to get all those characters on screen it doesn't feel like a um it feels earned like they tell the story to make sense like you have the story of of chris and claire chris is a a cop he stayed in raccoon city claire ran away but claire's come back she's she's learned this stuff about umbrella and she's trying to figure out what's going on and and that is ripped straight from the games claire comes back because she she knows umbrella's up to something in raccoon city and surprise surprise she arrives and there's a zombie apocalypse uh so (laughs) they kind of borrow that bring it into the into the movie um jill is in it uh, you got Albert Wesker, you've got, uh, Leon as a rookie and it is a zombie movie through and through. Like that's the biggest change here is that it's not a, an action film first and foremost. It is a zombie film. It is a, you know, um, it is much closer to the feel of the video games. Uh, they nail all of the costumes. They nail all the sets um there's even trivia out there where basically capcom gave them the blueprints from the remakes that they did so that they could reconstruct like the raccoon police department looks exactly like it looks like in the re2 remake that they did it is like spot for spot i think they uh they did the same thing for for dbd as they gave them basically like all of their layouts and code and and blueprints and everything for for the game for the remake version yeah and you feel it like you're watching this film yeah. and, and you see it and you're like, oh, man, they like they really went for it. And I got to admit, like before this movie came out, the trailers made it look really bad. It They did. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I mean, I'm down for a bad video game movie, except for Sonic uh, <laughs> in general. Me. But um, yeah, like they made Resident Evil look so bad. <laughs> yeah. So it, I'll say this, it lowered my expectations quite a bit. It almost looked, you know what, it almost looked cheesy. And I think it's because coming from the original, whatever there were, six or seven Resident Evil movies, like they were very much like this apocalyptic wasteland type, like you said, action movie that, you know, had monstrous elements, but didn't necessarily feel as zombie movie-ish. I guess, as like the original outbreak moments, which Resident Evil Raccoon City kind of captures, right? So yeah, it looked like a, a almost like a cheesy 80s horror movie almost, <laughs> but not in a good way, because I do also like cheesy 80s horror movies. <laughs> I I really feel like, so here, I'll say this, the marketing's bad. The marketing is really bad for this film. The trailers do not do it enough justice i think what they tried to do is they tried to cut trailers that made it look like this movie was going to be close to what you got with the the alice films like more of an action film more focused on horror not necessarily focused on the characters and look this 
whole movie is based in the 90s. And I feel like, um, again, my expectations going in were quite low. I did not see this in theaters. I, I, I on purpose waited until it was available for rental, available on digital. And that, I think, is the best way to see it, is to rent it. You don't need to own it. But, like, if you have an interest in Resident Evil and you want to see something that is, you know, stuck in the 90s, like, again, there is a Palm Pilot in this, you know? <laughs> I remember in, like, high school, in probably, like, grade 10 or 11, I remember there was a guy in my school that had a Palm Pilot and had thought he was the coolest ever. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, there are moments where, like, I think Albert Wesker, he, he gets a page and then uh, his boss says, like, oh, like, you got a hot date tonight? And he's like, oh, no, I just I need to call someone later. And then he goes to his his uh, his locker and he's got a Palm Pilot in there. I don't know how he got the message on his Palm Pilot. I don't think Wi-Fi existed. I don't know if Palm Pilots <laughs> had, like, cellular options or whatever. But Connectivity. I, yeah, I don't know. But there is some 90s to this. And, yes, it's cheesy. Uh, yeah, it's – I wouldn't say, like, it reminds me of 80s horror, but it definitely reminds me of, like – 90s horror and this like is like scream uh, a little bit less sophisticated than i think scream kind of was more on the higher end of the it was like really good 90s horror i might be misremembering scream i don't i don't know oh scream is awesome <laughs> okay so i'm not so yeah scream i think is a higher tier of 90s horror film um i think resident evil welcome to raccoon city kind of aims down the middle in terms of like yes there's cheesy action uh yes there's cheesy lines and I, and I do have some clips that i can play uh because we do clips on zamp so of course i've got some for this so we can i can give you a taste um but like it works like and again like i think the trailers don't do it justice because really what you got to think going in is like this is a video game movie they aimed to capture the first two games as faithfully as possible in terms of the characters in terms of the settings and in terms of the story as well. Like they also go down the line in terms of the story. And I think what you get at the end of it is like a throwback to nineties films with a 2020 budget and it works. Like it's again, not the greatest video game movie that we've ever seen. We won't name names. It's definitely not one of those, but it is a fun ride and it is totally worth the rent, especially if you've played or have any interest in, in those Resident Evil games, like those first two Resident Evil games, because you're going to see characters in action uh, that you love. But I will say this, if you like Leon, they they made Leon the super rookie. Like he comes in, and I think in RE2, he is the rookie, but he becomes... He's not incompetent. <laughs> yeah, in this, he's a bit incompetent. Like he is, uh. He there is literally a line where I think he's like, I bet you're wondering why I'm a cop. And the other character goes, yeah, I'm wondering that. And he's like, yeah, me too. And again, it doesn't necessarily scream the Leon we know and love from RE2, 4, and, and, and so on. But, you know, everyone in the movie can't be like... Well, but I mean, if, he, if he's in 4 and kind of continues on through the franchise, then, I mean, he's going to grow as a, as a person and a character, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> RE2 was his first day on the job. Yeah, and this is very much... <laughs> I don't know about yeah. you, but any first day on the job I've ever had anywhere, I've been totally incompetent, so... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. If your first day in the job starts with a zombie apocalypse, like, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, like that's gonna throw anyone off <laughs> exactly he's just having a bad first day um but like there's just there's a lot to love about the film and again like there's a lot of 90s feels so and they and they they sneak in a lot of like 
um, nostalgia to the first game. So I have one. Here's my first clip. I was going to say, hit me with a clip. Let's yeah. go. All right. So this first clip. If it's Sonic, I will hang up. It's not Sonic. <laughs> we talked about this pre-show. I gave you a I know, up. but I don't trust you. <laughs> and I'm re-earning like my trust now. Sonic rolled. <laughs> no, I'm re-earning my trust now. It's, I, I, you know, I promise. And yes, if I do it, certainly hang up. I'll finish the show. And it'll be the last <laughs> one we'd probably do because uh, I'll never be able to get you back on a call again. Uh, but anyways, here's the clip. Hey. You snooze, you lose. What? It's Jill Sandwich now. So again, very, very 90s. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've heard you snooze, you lose since the 90s. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, it, and that's a classic line. So if you've, if you've seen the, if you played the first one and especially played like the RE1 PS1 game, there is a reference to a Jill sandwich and, and it, and it is, that's the only <laughs> Barry reference. Cause I think Barry saves you from like a trap room that is like the ceiling is collapsing. And he says, Oh, you were almost a Jill sandwich. And so that's, <laughs> they, 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 again, they, they, they really loved the originals. Um, here's one where, you know, it's the nineties. I don't have time for this. No, look, okay. So I've been talking to this guy in a chat room. What the f- is a chat room? place on the internet where people chat so it is a place <laughs> people chat it is yeah we have a lot of those now we do yeah so uh there's a couple moments where you're kind of thrown off like to me like seeing like an old school walkman i think guardians has kind of ruined it for us where mm. you see people walking around with old school walkman it's like oh that that guy just has a really old walkman but like in this sense like he didn't know he legit didn't know what a chat room was so uh but uh yeah like there's a like those clips don't necessarily scream like zombie film they more scream like the 90s feel of it um but uh you probably i don't know if you know like robbie armel he's the guy who plays chris redfield he's really good like there's a lot of like the actors in the film they're not like triple a you know movie actors but they they cast everyone really well. <laughs> Ouch! No, like I <laughs> I know what. Yeah, not big name actors like yeah. people you might know from other smaller roles. Yeah, they're up and coming actors. They're getting more roles, and now they've landed in the uh, the Resident Evil in movie. Raccoon City. <laughs> yeah, they're they're in Raccoon City, and there's uh, a lot of fun in the film. And I and I mean I think to play other clips would are probably more spoilery, but. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun ride. And again, like, don't go in expecting the greatest movie ever, even the greatest video game movie ever. But I, I really hope it gets a sequel. It sounds like fun. Yes. And it sounds like they, uh, made the movie with a lot of love for the source material, which is really what I think makes a good video game movie. It's not just, you know, like a studio coming in and looking to make a quick buck off of it. It's like they, they actually played and loved the games and they're making a movie out of it. So sounds very good. The other thing that I'm interested in knowing your take on, because this one I have been hemming and hawing over since it released earlier this year, Pokemon Legends Arcarus. Oh, Arcarus. Every time I say it. Pokemon Legends game. Yeah. Pokemon Legends. Yes. Arceus. 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 Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, so this Pokemon game, it just, uh, I've I've heard it's very fun. Mm-hmm. That the open world thing kind of works, that they uh, didn't just slap it in there, that they kind of thought, like, thought it through, and, and people seem to be really enjoying it. A lot of people are saying it's their favorite in a long time. But then people go and evoke Breath of the Wild 
And this has killed my buzz for so many games, honestly, because like, and I don't hate Breath of the Wild, but it wasn't my favorite by a real long shot because of a lot of the open world choices that they made. So when people evoke Breath of the Wild, I'm just like, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me what you think, because you know how I feel about Breath of the Wild and the parts I liked and the parts I didn't like. Will I like Pokemon Legends or should I just not even try? <laughs> I I honestly think you might enjoy Pokemon Legends. I think it is very easy to look at the game like from a trailer perspective and see the shots and the vistas and the music that they choose to showcase the game and think Breath of the Wild. Like that's that is I think the closest thing to Breath of the Wild is like you have those open world vistas, the the quiet music playing, you know, the not a lot of uh, stuff going on, like not a lot of action in the shot. But like, if you kind of, you know, uh, take Breath of the Wild and, and move it aside, like not really worry about it and look at Pokemon Legends as an open world uh, Pokemon game. And you might be wondering, well, there's been lots of open world Pokemon games. And I, and I think the approach here is different. Like this is a third person action game in the Pokemon world, which is uh, we have not had one of those in a very long time. Most Pokemon games are the, you know, the the isometric top down sort of view of uh, mm-hmm. of, of, a, of a character walking, and and it's usually a locked perspective. And in and I think that's what Sword and Shield was. It's been a while since I've played that one, but I'm pretty sure it was a locked perspective. You didn't get to kind of control the camera. I, I might be misremembering. Um, but anyways, like. With Legends, you are a you, you're in a, a third person view. You're controlling the camera. You're doing all the open world stuff. It's not a truly open world like Breath of the Wild, where or any other open world game where it's like you are queuing into large sections of the world, which I much prefer because it allows you to basically create different area, different more different areas, and and not have to have that like rigid you know, or, or some sort of transition between those worlds of like, how do I transition from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Forbidden West does it really well. You really feel like when you're walking from, you know, one area that is supposed to be like more of a, you know, a, like the, the Daunt, which is more like a, a woodsy forestry type plains area and then heading up. And then you feel as you transition north, it gets, it slowly gets snowy. You know, they really build in that transition into the ecosystem and stuff. But in Legends, they really do like kind of hive it off. So like I've mm-hmm. now made it into the second world or the second area of the world where you're now in a more like, uh, I don't know if it's like you call it swampy, but it's it's less of a, a plainsy green. It's more of like a yellowy, dry. I think it's like a lot of poison Pokemon, they said. Okay, I was like, you said swampy, but also like deserty. And now I'm confused. <laughs> Those are like the opposite. <laughs> so no, like it, the there isn't. It, I think it was just because there was like more of like a, a yellowy grass. It, I think it is more of a more of a swampy uh, type area. I'm not done a lot in the secondary, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I just remember the the yellow grass. There's oh, it's another game where you can hide in tall grass. So I I think like it's it's gonna be right up your alley, Jocelyn. <laughs> you do know how much I love blending in with tall grass. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm pretty sure you can give your character red hair. So, oh, there you go. Yeah, so there you go. Um, th- this is what I'm going to do. Instead of comparing it to Breath of the Wild, I'm going to compare it to Horizon as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> check all my Horizon boxes. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but no, like it, it is an open world Pokemon game. And I think what they've done with this that they haven't done with other sort of spin-off Pokemon games is they've actually retained a lot of the core Pokemon mechanics of battling, of catching. The progress of the story is very much tied to like, you know, completing an action and battling something. But it's they've removed the idea of going to gyms, getting badges, fighting the... I mean, maybe this becomes apparent afterwards, but so far I'm like two sort of areas in. And really what the, the gameplay mechanics feel like is you're in this this new world and you're trying to basically create the first complete Pokedex by capturing Pokemon. Yeah, because the other games are very much like you go to this section of the world, there was like the overworld part and then the battle part, but in the end, what you're trying to do is collect the right kind of Pokemon to beat the next gym guy and get mm-hmm. his badge. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think in this game, they kind of... They, they're telling a different story. You're you're a, sounds more like you're like an explorer, like an adventurer yes. in a, in a new area as opposed to like in established towns. Yeah. So you are in a, you are in a new region to the galaxy team. Uh, you're part of the galaxy expedition or whatever. And you, you join this team. And I, I'm not as familiar with like. So there's no voice acting in the game. I, just to say that right off the bat. So everything you have to read. So like pronounce mm. like good luck you know i don't know how to pronounce half the pokemon's names that pop up but yeah best guess i can do uh there's no voice acting all the pokemon do the grainy game boy sound still i i really uh, wish they i wish that. they would update that honestly like that is probably my biggest gripe because i did really like sword, uh, sword and shield but i hate those sounds like, they're so grating. Everything else has been updated. Like, why not just change the sounds? <laughs> you mm. don't have to sound like that anymore, Pokemon. <laughs> you know, I when I was think when I was prepping for the show, before I had put Resident Evil in here, I was like, maybe we could do a bit where we try to re-record like the Pokemon names and then and then like we could just give them to Nintendo. Like, here's your first three for <laughs> <Yeah>. free. Like <laughs> but they but then I'm thinking, like, well, they have the anime, they have all those Well, that's the thing they have the anime and the anime doesn't use those terrible awful horrible sounds no. like the 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 movie the live action movie didn't use the terrible horrible awful game boy sounds it's not even a localization thing is it like they all do all the pokemon have the same name across and that might not be true actually i honestly i have no idea but i'm pretty sure that like pikachu is pikachu is pikachu <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, Pikachu. I can't imagine that's the English version of the name. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, like my biggest gripes with the game are that they there's no voice acting, which, again, has been a problem I've had since it's kind of been inexcusable not to have, you know, voice acting. Uh, it, 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 like at this stage, you know, we are at the we are at the stage where Pikachu is the name in both Japanese and English. There you go. So <laughs> the Pika is the sound used to represent a flash of light. Oh. <laughs> pika Pika means glittery, sparkling, and shiny. Oh. Well that's nice. Um <laughs> according they... to the internet. <laughs> and and here's the thing, like in some Pokemon games, they do have Pikachu voiced. You know, it'd be uh I think it was Let's Go Pikachu Let I think even Sword and Shield had Pikachu voiced. You know, and it is just the Pikachu, Pika, Pikachu, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> How many times can we say Pika? In I don't one know. episode. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, 
they're they, yeah start the count um no but i think that uh they, they don't do the voice acting all the pokemon say and some pokemon for sure can can have their growl but uh, you know not i i think i think it'd be nice to to give the give the pokemon games some voice acting that's my number one critique of 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 legends and and for sword and shield as well i felt like it was missing voice acting especially when they got more um cinematic and pokemon legends is uh is is in the same vein as it is it does have cinematic moments uh and it is kind of like it's just kind of, you lose something when there's no voice acting and, and you're progressing by hitting the a button and, and moving the text forward and i i don't mind reading in video games i really don't uh but it just it something's missing in this one and i and i think it truly is the voice acting yeah well i think as as more and more time passes and as we get more and more powerful systems and all the rest of it, like it, it just starts to feel like an artifact left over from an older time period, basically. And, you know, we've already discussed how they have that with the sound effects, still using the same sound effects from way long ago when we had terrible speakers and very small amounts of memory and everything else. Like, we don't have those limitations anymore, and everyone else is moving beyond them. So it starts to make your brand new game look and feel dated when it's fresh out of the box. Like, and and so I think that, like, the longer they keep making these stylistic choices of using old sound effects, not having voice acting in any part of the game at all... You know, then I think it's going to really start standing out and and making these games feel like they're not up to snuff, which is kind of unfortunate. But at the same time, like get with the times, Nintendo, like these are almost at this point quality of life features of a game, you know, (laughs) and it just helps pull you into the world more like you have these tools at your disposal. Use them to make your game more engaging, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I know that I, I just feel like I, I get like there are Nintendo games that don't have voice acting. I mean, you know, you even use it strategically. I, I thought, uh, you know, uh, Breath of the Wild had great strategic voice acting, you know? Yeah, you don't have to do your whole game. I'm not saying I need the entire thing narrated to me. I'm with you, Ryan. I don't mind reading in games when it's appropriate like god i did so much reading in horizon Mm -hmm. it's like it's mostly voiced but then all of the data stuff that you find all the text data and everything else out in the world that kind of explains things about the universe like you have to sit and read all that and sometimes it's just letters between like co-workers or something (laughs) like (laughs) it's not always super engaging like i don't mind reading in video games um but i think that like you can for, you know, cinematic reasons or to to get across big story points or to explain things to your players. Like, why not? You know, yeah. every once in a while, just, you know, like you said, have those strategic moments that players can just sit back and, and enjoy as opposed to, you know, having to hit A 18 times <laughs> to get yeah. through the explanation one sentence at a time. Yeah. It, like, again, it's uh, it's definitely... Um, sore point i think in the franchise at this stage and i nothing in the trailer for scarlet and violet show off that there might be uh voice acting uh that the pokemon will be will have proper voice acting as well i mean 
as someone who's played uh, Tales of Arise and there are many owls, they got many people to say hoot hoot. You know, they're not actual owls making those sounds. Those are those are professional voice <laughs> no actors <way. laughs> saying hoot 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 over and over and over again in that game. And they got multiple uh, voice actors, even localized it. I think they had different voice actors to do the owls across across the vocalization. So, like, again, it can be done. The budget is there on other games. I really hope Pokemon can. Oh, God, I feel like <laughs> Pokemon probably has more money than most other franchises i would think like between all of the licensing they've done all the tvs and movies all the toys yeah oh man like pokemon must just i mean there's money and then there's pokemon money right yeah like it's not like we're asking for ryan reynolds to voice pikachu again right like we're, we're good with the Pika. but even pikachu. then they could probably pay for him to voice all of the roles <laughs> yeah I, you know what I, that, that sounds great okay well it, We'll t- we can table that one. I hope Nintendo hears this and is like, yes, get Ryan Reynolds on the phone. <laughs> get Ryan Reynolds to do everything. <laughs> I know he's on a sabbatical, but like he's got a booth at home. He can record all of the Pokemon. We don't even have the full Pokedex. Maybe this will make up for it. Um, so yeah, I don't, like. here's the thing. I think that the voice acting aside, it is a, it is a problem for me. I, I don't, I think it's missing, but the game itself, the gameplay as someone who's loved Pokemon since Red and Blue, but hasn't been able to play them in the last couple generations, because they are always so similar to each other. And I, I think I just got sick of that formula being just slightly tweaked every time with, oh, now the Pokemon are giant, or oh, now the Pokemon are... I, I can't even remember what the other gimmicks were, but I remember they made them giant, I think, in the last one. <laughs> yeah, that was Sword and Shield. Yeah, where yeah. you were, oh, what were they called? They weren't, not epic Pokemon, not mega Pokemon. Were they like gigant, gigantic yeah. or something? I, I don't know. Um, it, anyways, like. I'm going to have to Google it because it's going to super it. bug me. Google it. I feel like, I feel like we're close. <laughs> still silence gonna, i was just wondering if you're waiting for you to google read it. as fast as i possibly can <laughs> um uh um uh oh my god what were they gigantic G- gigantamaxing or oh my dynamaxing gosh, really? yeah wow. dynamaxing and gigantamaxing <laughs> okay well yeah. you know and that wasn't enough for for me to finish sword and seal i i, I, th- I did buy one of them but um I feel like this has just been complaining about Pokemon, but here's the thing. Legends takes that formula and does something different with it. And I think that's what makes Legends so great is that it is different from the other Pokemon games. Um, It is a trip back in time to this region that was introduced in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which I believe were the Game Boy games, which is a world that I very much enjoyed. I, I think the last... I remember buying Diamond uh, when it came out. Actually, those are... No, maybe those weren't in Game Boy Color. Maybe those... No, yeah, the, those were DS. So, you know, I I did actually play those, but uh, not as much as the Game Boy ones. Anyways, mm-hmm. in Legends, you're in this world. You're you're transported back in time. There's There aren't cities. You start off, you're in like a village that has been set up by the Galaxy team. And uh, your whole goal is to research Pokemon. You're in this era where Pokemon aren't necessarily um, humanity's companions. They are more just wild animals, and people are afraid of Pokemon. They haven't quite 
you know, embrace this uh, partnership that we see in the other games. So it's kind of prequely. Yes, it is. It is definitely a prequel to the Pokemon games we know and love, and and I think specifically a direct prequel to um, Diamond and Pearl because they take place in the same in the uh, region. same region. Right. Yeah, and uh, so what you get here is you are trying to complete a Pokedex. So again, you're you're trying to complete a Pokedex, but the way you go about it has changed. So. In the old games, you would see a Pokemon, it would register in your Pokedex, you would catch a Pokemon, and it would be considered caught, you're done. That's your Pokedex entry finished. But in this, it's more research-based. So yes, you get a research point for, you get them added to your Pokedex by seeing them, but then you're getting research points by catching them, catching them multiple times, battling them, seeing them use specific moves, using a specific move on them, like whether using a fire move or an air move. Honestly, kind of makes sense because in all the other games, you are essentially accessing existing information, right? Like everyone in the world has a Pokedex. You are basically just unlocking entries in something that's already existing knowledge, right? Whereas in Legends, it sounds like you're the one writing everybody's Pokedex, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, that's 100% it. Like you are creating the original Pokedex for this region. And I think like where looking back, it might've felt as a bit of a gimmick in the originals where it's like, Hey, catch them all, complete your Pokedex. In this, you are, you really feel like the story setting it up as like, no, like you're literally creating the Pokedex for this, for this region. You are learning about new Pokemon that haven't been experienced in the wild or haven't, haven't been, you know, approached before because people like I said people are afraid and um you're completing this research and as you complete this research you need to get 10 research points uh, for a Pokemon in order to consider the entry complete but that isn't necessarily 100%ing it so there's a lot of like wiggle room to go through the game and be like okay as I'm progressing through this open world you have the option to catch Pokemon by just throwing a Pokeball at them. You don't have to engage them in battle. You can just chuck that Pokeball. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, most of the time, at least early in the game, like when you throw that Pokeball, just stand in there, you'll catch the Pokemon. It, it'll it'll do its little like, you know. Uh, so it's very Pokemon Go-y. <laughs> yeah, actually. It's, it's very, very close to Pokemon Go where you do have that chance to catch it just by, you know, throwing that Pokemon in it. And it works like a third person action game. You like, you hold down the button to aim and you release to, to throw it. And it, it feels really good. And, and again, like you can sort of lock onto a Pokemon to tell like, okay, this Pokemon is very calm. So if I just throw the Pokeball, I'll probably catch it in one go. Other times you'll look at a Pokemon and say, oh, he's, he's got a, that Pokemon has a bit more, I don't know what sort a bit of more fight to him. Yeah, a bit more fight. That's a good way to put it. And if it's got like one tier of fight, like, okay, maybe you want to, you know, stealth throw a Pokeball. You have to surprise it in order to catch it on one go. <laughs> so there are stealth. There's stealth moves where you can, you know, crouch to go in because that's how you go into stealth mode. You just crouch and then Obviously. you hide in, hide in long grass and have red hair. So like all of this is making perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey, where else have we seen this? Um, and, uh, you can go into stealth and you throw the Pokeball and that gives you an advantage and also throwing the Pokeball and hitting the Pokemon in the back that gives you an additional advantage. So like there are all these different mechanics 
and you're not even having to battle the Pokemon. You can just throw the Pokeball and catch them. And you are rewarded for by with research points. Like if you wanted to, you could go through the game and just be like, I'm just gonna catch this uh uh beaver looking Pokemon. Uh I don't know why I went with the beaver Pokemon, but like it's I think it's one of the first ones you see. I don't remember its name. I just know that it's evolved form. Aren't the beaver looking ones, aren't those Bidoofs? Bidoofs, yeah, okay. Well you remember oh yeah, because you play Pokemon Go, so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Bidoof. Um there's a lot of Bidoofs at the start and uh you can just They'll like, I guess they have this trait where if they're around other Bidoofs, they're like kind of, they ignore humans. So if there's a bunch in an area, you can just throw your Pokeballs and catch them all in one go. And you can complete the Bidoof entry by just catching 20 of them. And there are so many in in the world that as you're progressing through the story, you could probably complete that entry without even thinking about it. Because again, it's so easy to just throw a Pokeball. It sounds like it might be a little bit repetitive. Yes, like if it's like, hey, catch 20 of this exact same thing and all you need to do is throw balls when you find them. Like, does it ever feel like it's gotten repetitive and like maybe they need to add more or do something different? I think like when I was originally texting you about it during the week to kind of give you an update on on playing Legends, it's like, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to put it in context without it sounding repetitive. But I think like that is one option. Like you can just catch a bunch of Bidoofs and you're all set on the Bidoof scale, I guess. But what you can do is like, you can also just progress through the game and you are going to encounter Bidoofs just through battle, through, uh, through the story mechanics. Like there's no rush to complete your entry by just catching and, you know, um, basically grinding to, to get your entry complete, you know, like, you can take your you can take it your time with it. Like I think if you want a hundred percent every entry as opposed to just completing it per se, like getting getting the check mark on it, I don't I could not see there being I could not see myself looking to hundred percent it. And you don't need to. You just you just need to, you know, complete the entry by getting and it's a little misleading to say complete. Like that they say it's complete when you get ten, but there are still things you can check off like catching 25 Bidoofs and it's like okay yeah like do I really need a whole field of Bidoofs maybe but do I need a whole field of the other Pokemon probably not so I think it can get repetitive if you get caught up in trying to check every box that is that is thrown at you right but if you just are looking to progress through the game enjoy the open world catch some Pokemon and just kind of like go with the flow, it doesn't feel repetitive because eventually it starts to introduce new mechanics in that in your when you're in the open world, you can actually uh, use your Pokemon that are in your party to collect resources. And again, it's a really quick switch to my Pokemon. Oh, there's something in the tree, throw the ball at the tree, and I can just keep walking and everything teleports into my satchel and I'm good to go. Like Same with mining. And you don't have to use a specific Pokemon. You don't have to think about it. You're just in this open world. You see a resource node. You throw your Pokemon and you move on with your life. Like there's something about it. Like when you think about Animal Crossing where it was like everything was monotonous and you and you had to pick up like three fruit at a time. You had to chop, chop the tree a specific amount of times. This reduces all that Nintendo-ness down to like just the quick flick of a button you get the resources you keep moving 
and everything's seamless like all the battles all the resource collecting when you're in the open world you do not leave the open world you you're always there so when you're battling if you throw your pokemon your pokeball uh, with a pokemon in it at a wild pokemon it initiates a battle there's no loading screen it just starts as a battle you can even walk around in the arena as you're kind of giving word or giving commands to your pokemon to, to use specific attacks and when that battle finishes it immediately like transitions back to the open world so it's all very seamless which is which is brand new to the to the franchise and it works really well and it feels really good so i think like from that aspect of like taking the old pokemon formula and transitioning it into a new gameplay like a more open world style more seamless style like giving you more options to catch pokemon as opposed to like that age old of like okay fight them try to whittle them down yeah. all the way to the red and then throw your pokeball and hope the status effect doesn't you know cause them to faint like it takes a lot of that and like there's it's still there but it's not a requirement but it's not the only way exactly it's not the only thing yeah, yeah. well it sounds like you're having a pretty good time yeah in pokemon legends I, I might i might check it out i'll probably this is going to be one of those games that goes on the list it's like when you don't have anything else to do and there's no other releases that are coming out right now, probably go check out Pokemon Legends. Because I like I don't want to get into this right now because uh, Ghostwire Tokyo comes out on Friday and I'm really looking forward to that game. I feel like I've been looking forward to that for quite a few years now. Like It feels like that was one of the games that was kind of announced almost when like the PS5 was announced. <laughs> and now it's like finally here. It's coming out on Friday and I'm I'm really, really excited about it. So... Um, but but maybe whenever there's a lull, like normally we have a little bit of a lull in the summer, maybe that's when I'll I'll pick up Pokemon and, and give it a try. I would say when there's a sale, but it's Nintendo. There's no sales. <laughs> no. Yeah, I never. I uh I remember I, I put this one on my birthday list and I and Ashley's like, Oh, you you do you think it'll go on sale? I was like, no, it's it's not gonna go on sale. I threw it on there as like a this is good if we can get it. If not, it's not a big deal. But it was one of those games where I think that I was uh, once I got into it, I, I was a little skeptical because again, Pokemon games have been a lot of the same lately, and I'm glad that this one keeps a lot of the good formula of of Pokemon, but like does something new with it. And I was worried this was going to be another one of those spinoffs that was like uh, a little half baked, but really like they they really put this thing together to be, and I and I think it is actually like being used as you know. Uh, a template for what they're doing with Violet and, and Scarlet. They have said like, mm -hmm. you know, those new entries will, will borrow from legends as, as if legends was kind of like a testing ground for a lot of those mechanics. So mm -hmm. that sounds really cool. Well, thanks for that, Ryan. Thanks for <laughs> falling on the sword and trying Pokemon for me. So I don't have to, <laughs> well, you should try it. I think, I think you'd like it. I think that again, like if you enjoyed Pokemon, and you want something different like this isn't just sword and shield i should have rephrased i should have said not so i don't have to but <laughs> like so that i have an honest opinion from someone who knows me and knows what i'll like and not like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah thanks for that um if you guys do enjoy the content that we put together, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in like our March patron wicked kitten did. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Also, we've had a very, a big for us uptick in patrons lately. So even though all of you are going to have your TGI patron month, um, we did want to say thank you to those of you who have supported us over the past few weeks. Uh, Will G CRV ATV 
Josh C, Will P, and Paul M. Thank you so much for supporting the Gamers In. We really do appreciate you guys. We've got some things in the works in the next couple of months to kind of thank you for for being here, for listening, and for supporting us. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open. I think Ryan has been talking about some things and teasing some things over on the mini. So again, for all of that extra content, go on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. That brings us to the news this week. We got a, we got a couple of uh, fun stories. This is, this is a good, happy news week, mm-hmm. I feel like, in games. Um, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has been announced for Q4 this year, 2022. Uh, and this is coming from the guys who made Friday the 13th. And it's a new 4v1, which you guys know I love me, some 4v1 PvP. <laughs> and so it's going to be four Ghostbusters taking on one ghost. Now, the one thing I wasn't sure is, is this 100% multiplayer? Because there seems to be parts in the trailer that look like they're almost single player-esque. Yeah, there's definitely cutscenes. Yeah, like there's because they do have and they have like Dan Aykroyd or is it actually Dan Aykroyd? I think so. I feel like it would be. Yeah, he's if a- it's not actually Dan Aykroyd and oh god, who's the other um, oh who's the other actor? Oh, I feel like I have to. We have to look this one up. I yeah, I know when I oh, see man. it, I'm gonna know who it is. Um, yeah, I feel like it's Ernie something. Oh, it, it's Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yes. So Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson sound like if if it's not actually them, then like give those voice actors Oscars <laughs> because like it sounds so much like that. Like I'm almost positive it's the actual Ghostbusters. Uh, no Bill Murray, at least not so far in the trailer that we saw. But yeah, there's like Dan Aykroyd and he's like owning his little shop, which we saw in the most recent reboot of Ghostbusters, um, the movie that was actually really good, <laughs> not the one that shall not be named from a few years back. <laughs> um, and like he's like owns this little like a cult shop and then like, oh, man, I don't know. It just it looks so good. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. And I I don't even consider myself a big Ghostbusters fan. I've always enjoyed all of the movies, but like, I don't know, man. <laughs> this like this looks so good and so fun. But yeah, it did look like there was those moments when you saw those characters that like made me think, like, wait, if it's just a 4v1, when do I interact with them? Maybe they're like a shop? I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems like they're very much setting up the original Ghostbusters that like it, uh, I think if you, if, uh, well, it sounds like you've seen afterlife, I've seen afterlife. And I think there are moments in that game that, or that movie that will, um, lead into this, this game and, and how those characters, you know, come into play. It did feel very like past the torchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the movie sets this, this game up really well. And I'm, and again, like, I don't think this is going to necessarily like carry forward the narrative of Ghostbusters. There's very much an option for them to just do more movies, but I like the idea of them taking it and moving the franchise forward, doing a four V one. Like it, for me, when I originally watched this trailer before, I, I didn't even see the tweet talking about like what the game was. I figured like, Oh, this sounds like it could be like a, a more, uh approachable um uh phasmophobia like where you are (laughs) (laughs) 
That's literally what I thought when I saw the trailer. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It just it sounded like it, it just looked like you were you were going into a house and you were clearing like an AI sort of encounter. Um, but no, now having you know watched like more of the tra- like halfway through the trailer is like oh this is just you know four of your friends more of a left for dead approach coming in and taking on these ghosts but no like it is like a a, a 4v1 where the one player is playing as the ghosts and and i, and I think that is a, a cool mechanic and and it's it's kind of funny to think that like there hasn't been like a ghostbusters experience where you haven't played the ghosts which they do sort of talk about in the, in the trailer is like this being the first time. And I'm trying to remember, like, I feel like we would have controlled the ghosts by now, but I, I mean, there are not a lot of Ghostbusters video games. So maybe we haven't. I think I saw someone mentioning in the comments that there was like a Ghostbusters game that came out in like 2009 or something like <laughs> there, there have not, they have not abused this franchise in the video game space for sure. Yeah, no, that's true. And I do remember, um, yeah, the, and they recently remastered that Ghostbusters game. It's it is essentially at the time was considered the closest thing we were getting to a Ghostbusters three. It had all the original voice actors come back, and uh, yeah, that's a great game. But like this one looks like, as you said, very much of a you know passing the torch. Um, there's been some voice actors announced. I, I know, like in the thread, like we were talking pre-show, like Greg Miller has announced he's a voice in it. I don't think we know like the whole cast and who they're voicing, but uh, the dude from uh, Midnight Mass uh, is going to be in it as well. So like a lot of uh, good actors, and I, I'm spacing on. We're we're doing great with names tonight, by the way. Oh, so great. <laughs> so I, you know his name. I don't. I'm, I'm, oh, Raul Cooley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. I that love guy. him. I love him so much. Well, there you go. <laughs> he's like he's my favorite person in and out of like entertainment yeah (laughs) he's he's an amazing actor he makes great choices and i love all of the stuff that he's done with um mike flanagan who's the the guy behind um oh not hill house uh haunting of bly manor which raul was in as well and also um midnight mass that you mentioned and uh yeah i love their collaborations they're doing more there's more stuff coming out on netflix soon that he's in and i just can't wait um, and he's and like outside of his like professional life, he's a huge <laughs> nerd and a yeah. huge gamer. Um, and he like, oh, man, he's fucking hilarious on Twitter. So, yeah, if you're not following him, you are missing out. He is just a fantastic human being. And I love him so much. <laughs> yeah, no, he's really great. And uh, I, I honestly he he does some great work in video games as well. He was in Gears. Uh, I think he showed up in Gears 5, but it might have been Gears 4 as well. Again, like Gears Four. No, it was Gears. It was definitely Gears Five. He's he's a character in Gears Five, and he was great in that. So I'm looking forward to to seeing him pop up here in in this new Ghostbusters game. I think I, I'm I'm really excited for this one. As some, I did not play Friday the Thirteenth or Predator Hunting Grounds. Was the other game that they made? Um, it seems like they keep jumping from property to property. I hope the Ghostbusters one allows them to to stick with it a little longer. But because uh, I know Friday the 13th obviously hit some some woes and I think Predator had a similar issue. But yeah, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, they they don't seem to have kind of like hit their stride necessarily in terms of like, a ga- I didn't even realize that Predator had actually come out. Um, I remember some of my DVD friends were were, you know, cautiously optimistic, like kind of interested in the Predator game, but 
nobody ended up actually playing it. Not that, you know, my my DBD friends are like the be all end all when it comes to 4v1s or anything like that, but uh, they're definitely part of the target audience. And yeah, past the kind of revealed teaser type trailer for Predator, like nobody, I didn't hear anybody talking about it. And usually when there's a new 4v1, everyone's all over it. Like I hear about VHS all the time. (laughs) So yeah, I think that uh, Predator was probably a little floppy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully this one does a lot better. I think Ghostbusters is... Uh, Ghostbusters yeah. feels a little bit more mainstream. Not that Predators and like not mainstream, but it's just like Ghostbusters has a pretty wide appeal, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a wider yeah. appeal. Yeah. Um and speaking of really great acting, uh we <laughs> thankful like I'm I guys, I'm so excited about this news. Uh so we are getting Another game from the Until Dawn guys, Supermassive Games, they're bringing a, like, it's not a sequel, but it's basically like a successor to Until Dawn. It's called The Quarry, and it looks so freaking good. And I know that I've really enjoyed the, um, for the most part anyways, the, oh crap, um, Dark Pictures Anthology. I've really enjoyed those games, but those are those feel almost like bite-sized compared to Until Dawn. Like Until Dawn was a bigger, more triple A experience, I feel, than than the Dark Pictures. Like Dark Pictures, I like them. I like the stories that they tell, but there's, you know, like there's some issues potentially with like lip sync, a little bit of uncanny valley. Like it's just it's a little bit more of like I don't know, a B game <laughs> instead of a triple A. <laughs> like, and I, I feel bad because I'm not down on the franchise at all. I really look forward to every entry in it. But um, Until Dawn was was special. <laughs> Until Dawn was freaking fantastic. And so I've watched the trailer a couple of times now. And it's basically, um, it's very similar to Until Dawn in that like, it's a group of teenagers like, trapped in a cabin in the woods type thing. Um, This specific one is um, the last night of summer camp. So it's all the camp counselors. So all the kids have left. And like, so it also has, speaking of Scream, Scream has now come up twice in this episode and probably hasn't since the release of Ghostface in DVD. (laughs) But um, yeah, um, what's it? David Arquette, who plays Dewey in the Scream franchise, the cop guy, uh, the 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 rookie who can't do anything right. Um, he is actually in this as well. And as soon as I saw him, I was just like, oh, my God, this is gonna be so good. <laughs> and the list of the cast list for this game, from a horror perspective, is unfreaking believable the talent in this game like there are so many people that like you kind of recognize but then you're like wait what were they in and it's like there's people from insidious from scream from the grudge from um what else aliens from uh evil dead from oh what's another one oh well my name is earl not that that's a (laughs) scary Thing at all but um yeah there's just there's so much talent in this game i cannot wait they have uh oh um the the guy from um 
Righteous Gemstones, the yeah. one of the son who's uh, the stunt guy. Mm-hmm. He's in this. Like just oh man, there's there's so much talent, and they've they've like I was talking about um, the sometimes dark pictures has a little bit of uncanny valley or like lip sync issues. This looks like until dawn, but like next gen until dawn to the point that it almost looks like you're watching a movie. It's kind of crazy. There there doesn't seem to be nearly as much of that kind of offness that dark pictures had. And uh, yeah, like it just, oh man, it looks so good. All of the, I encourage you guys to go and look at the stills of this game because these characters look phenomenal. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, they did a really, and this is something they've been working on with the Dark Pictures games is is capturing the the actors, you know, uh, performances, both, you know, voice, you know, but also their their facial capturing. Mm -hmm. And I think they've really... We were talking pre-show about it. Like, I feel like this is um, like the next engine that Supermassive is working with. This definitely feels like an upgrade from the Dark Pictures games mm-hmm. and probably goes in line with them skipping a year because the Dark Pictures games have been releasing yearly for the last three years. And there's one coming out in October, I think. Yeah, there's yeah, there's one more in this set. I think they I can't even remember how many they said that they had planned for Dark Pictures, but it was, I feel like I'm going to say like 20 and I feel like that's probably too many. But I feel like when I heard the number, I was like, what? No way. <laughs> but this is like the first set of four and then they're taking a year off and then there's going to be more after like they have plans for quite a few. So um, but yeah, so this one is coming out on June 10th and it's very much like Until Dawn and, and like Dark Pictures as well. But this is just it's a it's a it's a much bigger undertaking because apparently there's 10 to 12 different potential deaths of the characters. And the story is constructed in a way that you can literally kill everyone and it won't like derail the overall story. So like just the sheer complexity of that is mind blowing. But apparently they say it takes about seven hours if you basically like kill everyone shortest stories possible seven hours but it can be up to uh, i think um about 10 so or they're saying sorry they're estimating most playthroughs will be about 10 hours long which means that there's probably longer playthroughs available as well um so they also say it's really replayable which is great but the thing that i really find interesting about this is they talked about being able to do co-op and that's something that they did a lot in dark pictures with the ability to play through on like two different sides of a story. And I know Ryan and I kind of had gripes with that because he, or sorry, you, Ryan, who was in the call with me, I'm just feel like I'm monologuing here. No, sorry. <laughs> but Ryan, you didn't like the second game, right? And then I really didn't like the third game. And we kind of realized it was because we ended up just randomly choosing the side that felt like they weren't involved in the action as much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do remember that for sure. Like, I think the co-op was imbalanced in a way mm-hmm. in terms of engagement with the story. Yeah. So what they've done with the query quarry, I don't know why I'm struggling with this name so much. I was doing it in the pre-show, too. I don't know why, but <laughs> uh, for some reason, I'm really struggling with the name of this game. Um, but you can play either locally or online and they're they've done it differently 
So you can do it basically um, the you can pick a counselor to play and control. Um, but if you're playing it online, other users can watch your playthrough and can vote on your decisions, which to me, because apparently they say they they kind of looked at the community around until dawn, looked at, you know, the the streams of it and everything else. And people got really into it. And it was more of almost like a watching a movie with your friends kind of kind of an experience. And they wanted to really lean into that. So I think this game is going to be really fun and really interesting to stream because you're going to be able to say like, hey, you can watch me play and you can vote in real time. And, you know, I think it's going to be a really interactive experience, which is so freaking cool. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to their like reimagining co-op again. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I was surprised to see this coming out so soon, too, like June 10th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's just a couple months away. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like when you're releasing a game every year, you kind of have this ability to say, like, look over here while not looking over at at, uh, at the other game you've been working on all this time as well. Like, it's just, I, I feel like we're so busy waiting for news on the next Dark Pictures anthology game that they kind of had this opportunity to to build a similar title um in tandem with uh with their other games so like uh i mean again like you could easily say oh we're just we're this is just work for the next dark pictures anthology it's not a completely different game so i was honestly surprised to see that they were working on a like a full fully fledged game alongside those other dark pictures games so mm -hmm. it's exciting to see them return to a more complete uh, yeah it's so hard to talk about this without like sounding like you're 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 making dark pictures sound like an incomplete game like this is a bigger product that's where i was struggling too yeah this but it feels like a bigger undertaking yeah um than some of the dark picture stuff and again not not a slight against dark pictures at all like i really enjoyed all of all well not so much the the latest military one but um more so the the first two titles I really, really enjoyed. So I think that um, like I'm super excited about this. I want them to do all of the successors of Until Dawn. Like I can't remember exactly when Until Dawn came out, but I remember I was living in Halifax in my own apartment at the time. So that probably would have been like 2014, maybe 2015. So yeah, awesome freaking title. It's been a while. It's been a long wait. For yes. a successor to that game, for a proper, again, <laughs> no offense, Dark Pictures, but a proper successor. Well, I don't <laughs> think the biggest difference is I don't think Dark Pictures tackled the you know teen or the the Friday the Thirteenth sort of feel of a a horror you know movie. Like they kind of went the first one was like you know a, a mystery haunted boat. Then the second one was like a mystery haunted village. And then the third one was a, a, well, not really a mystery, but like a bunch of vampires in underground. Right. So like, yeah. well, that that's not actually a spoiler, uh, but like, <laughs> it's not. I could have, you could actually spoil that game, but I, I think if you just go with vampires underground, it, it works a little bit better. Um, so like, yeah, like I think that this is, this is a return to the roots of, the original until dawn of like looking at all the the friday the 13th the nightmare on elm street those like 80s the halloweens the, exactly yeah. yeah like those type of horror films not necessarily looking at like a 
like a like an alien or a zombie type experience you know uh th- this is this is different from what we've gotten with dark pictures and i and i think even with the new dark pictures game coming out in october that is a different experience mm-hmm. this also seems like it's just a little bit of a larger scope like having having like 10 to 12 characters that can potentially die is like um the dark pictures is always like it's always five right yeah it's like five or six but there's always those like extra characters that that you know are yeah that you know that you're never that you never actually really control and that are always just kind of there yeah whereas like this seems like you can really play and impact so many more people um and again like crafting a story around so many different possible combinations of like who's still left alive and what's happening. Um, I can see how this would be uh, very, very replayable. So um, I'm really looking forward to it again. That comes out this June. So, so two, two 2022 reveals so far this week, which is very exciting. And then finally we had the teasiest of teases from CD project red. They have confirmed a new Witcher game is in development. So it's using Unreal Engine 5, and they're partnering up with Epic. Though, don't worry, guys, they did confirm there is no exclusive deal with Epic. So they are partnering with Epic on the tech side of things to develop Unreal Engine 5, but they are not going to be releasing on Epic alone. Your new Witcher game will be everywhere. So don't worry about that. But yes, they are from the tech side partnering with Epic, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. No, especially since like, since Witcher 2, they've been using their original engine, the the red engine, and they've used that right up at, until Cyberpunk 2077. And yeah, we yeah. all know how that went. Maybe yes. them exploring other engines is a very good idea, because <laughs> I know that was the fear because there's been rumors about new Witcher stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, the fear was that they were going to use the same cyberpunk um, engine and it was going to be a horrible, horrible failure. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is uh, something we've seen from other studios like, you know, CD Projekt Red has their own engine. Also, EA has Frostbite that they got by purchasing dice. And I think that was the core issue with a lot of Bioware games that have come out recently is that they were kind of yeah, the original Mass Effect trilogy was done in Unreal Engine, and they switched to Frostbite for Andromeda. And again, we all know how that went. Um, Frostbite is notoriously not a, a great engine for uh, f- for things that aren't first-person shooters. And I think it's come a long way since then. But the announcement from you know Bioware that the new Mass Effect game was going to be made in Unreal Engine was a was a huge relief because again, it it was yeah. it, it it gets it just lets you jump in and make and start making the game. You don't have to build the engine. Well, yeah, it's like you use the the tools for what they're meant for. I don't try to hammer a nail in with a screwdriver. Like I use a freaking hammer. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. Like I think that if you if you look at what Epic offers with Unreal Engine, it's support, it's it's tech documentation, like it is a versatile engine that can that has been proven to make all kinds of types of games and it's scalable too like you can have mm-hmm. unreal engine run uh, on a nintendo switch you can have it run on you know your android phone your ios phone all the way up into your high end pc xbox playstation what have you so that 
alone is like it, it, it will allow us to see i think a more scalable witcher game that uh that i think cd project red really does want to make and and i think it'll allow them to get it out sooner i mean you saw the announcement of even looking at the witcher 3 when it was announced it took five years for that game to come out it took seven years for cyberpunk to come out from announcement and it was a similar announcement to this it was basically like a poster and like hey we're working on this game and you know there's been a lot of talk of like what the new witcher could be so we know of course with this story it's going to be made in unreal engine 5 but the other story is like they've already said the that Geralt of Rivia has his story like he's not going to be the main character right they haven't said his story is done but they've definitely said like he's not going to be the main focus and personally like there was a bit of discussion in, in the discord I think that personally you could do a really interesting story by continuing where you left off in Witcher 3. You could focus on Ciri, who becomes a, a major role in, in... Well, she doesn't show up before 3. I think she's referenced in the other games. But she becomes a major character in 3. And I really feel like you could run with that character, build a whole new game based around her, and have her be the main character, and have Geralt of Rivia play like the Vesemir-type character, the mentor. Mm, yeah, the mentor, the the wise old know, know-it-all. know <laughs> Yeah, I think he would he would make a great wise old man know it all, you know, <laughs> and I again, like I, I think that would allow you to evolve the franchise as well, because I think that we've had a long time with Geralt of Rivia in the video game franchise, and it would be nice to, you know, get some new characters branch in out a little. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting, too, because I mean, you know, a series like you said, is is a is a Witcher 3 character and, and passing mentions before that. And so maybe it makes sense for her to have her own franchise. But like, what if it's an entirely new character completely? Yeah, maybe maybe they do it like you can create your own Witcher. Uh, you know, that is also a possibility. And that's I mean, so that brings kind of an interesting conversation as well, because it's like, if you're talking about creating your own Witcher, I think some of the the strength of a lot of these games is that you are playing through the story of a very specific character. Like, I think that's the strength of the Witcher is like you are Geralt, right? Like you're not. Well, I mean, a really good comparison, I think, is Shepard. Like you can kind of make your own shepherd, but like, I don't know, there's just, there's something about owning who you are and owning your character when you're talking about a narrative game. Um, Like, and they don't make too many changes in terms of like who and what shepherd is. But if you kind of open that up to be like, well, you can just be any witcher and you can choose your like, um, not like your house, but like what do what do witchers have? Like there's wolf and there's cat and there's uh I don't know. They're not houses. What are they? No, uh gosh. I think they even talk about it um in the announcement. Um because there are other like yeah they're not classes either, right? Like they're schools. Schools, schools, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, we're so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, like if you could, if you could choose the the what school that you go not that you go to, what school of Witcher you are, what like you know, like just like even the race of your character, or you know, I don't know, like there's just 
once you get into too many customization options, I think you start to lose part of what makes those kind of stories really great. So I'd like them to just, even if they do a completely original character, I would still like it to be a specific character, if that makes sense. I feel like I've talked in circles to not really make the point very well. (laughs) No, no, no. I I think the Shepard example is a really good example in that you could make Shepard be uh, whatever you you wanted him or her to be like you could craft that character in the character creator but it was still the same shepherd in in terms of like the way he or she acted the way uh the The backstory for the most part yeah like i think there's a way to allow you to completely customize your character while having them fit within that like cyberpunk did this you know cyberpunk did this with with v you could make v uh, you know, in the c- character creator, you could make him or her be whatever you wanted, but it was still V. You still had that V personality. Like they didn't, it didn't change based on like it, it changed a little bit based on your backstory and stuff. Like you had different options if you were a nomad or you were, a, you were from the city, but mm-hmm. again, you were still V like similar to Shepard in Mass Effect. Like you were always Shepard, but everybody's Shepard. If you didn't choose the default, um, like, like me, I chose the default because I always thought, oh, whatever, <laughs> I'm terrible at character creators. Like, I always like when they give you a, a good, you know, starting point. And I think that Cyberpunk did this really well with, with the character creators. They allowed you to kind of, they gave you some solid options to start with, but you could also build whatever you wanted. And I think that that's the way to go. Like, yeah, small dick or big dick. <laughs> there was a slider for that. Um, <laughs> and I don't think there will be a slider for that in this, but hey, you never know. <laughs> But uh, I I agree with you. I don't think they'll go like, um, I guess, more of the Skyrim approach where you just you create a blank slate and you're a blank slate for the whole game, um, like the silent protagonist. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is is those blank slate characters like Skyrim, like it kind of it works in Skyrim because it's like you have no past, basically. And but it's almost less impactful because you're just like the Dovahkin, right? Like you're not anyone specific. <laughs> there's there's not a whole bunch of like lore, I guess, built around your character. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, I want a character surrounded in lore, whatever that looks like. Yes. And I, and again, this is the Witcher. There's plenty of lore. You've seen it in the Netflix series. You've seen it in the books. You've seen it in the video games. Like I, I don't think they're going to drop that. I think that if, I, I honestly hadn't thought of them, you know, allowing you to create a Witcher, you know, based on like a character that they put into this game. Like it's a new character, but they allow you to completely customize it because you don't get customization options with with Geralt outside of like uh, gear. Right. So, well, yeah, it's the same with Aloy. Like Aloy is yes. Aloy, period. <laughs> yeah. But it would be nice to see more of a Shepherd approach as opposed to uh, like an Aloy or a Geralt type approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see like, uh, again, n- not a lot of details. Yeah. No details at all. <laughs> yeah. The new story. The one nice thing about this is they do basically confirm like, Hey, you know, before this, we always took a lot of time to modify our engine. So now we don't have to do that. We can basically mm-hmm. hit the ground running. And that is like, in my opinion, the best part of this new story is that like they have an idea and they're making Witcher and we're not going to wait you know, five, six, seven years for it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. 
Well, as soon as we have a release date, you'll know it. You can find it right here <laughs> and actually probably a billion other outlets as well. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, you can also listen to us talk about release dates and how excited we are. Or you can join in the conversation and let us know how excited you are over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>